book two chapter five of the leopard's spots by thomas dixon jr this librivox recording is in the public domain recorded by michelle fry book two love's dream chapter five the morning of love to his dying day gaston will never forget that ride to her home with sally worth by his side it was a perfect may day the leaves on the trees were just grown and flashed in their green satin under the southern sun and every flower seemed in full bloom a great joy filled his heart with a sense of divine restlessness he was unusually silent and then she said something that made him open his eyes in new wonder don't drive so fast ben and go around the longest way i'm enjoying this she paused and a mischievous look came into her eyes as she saw his expression i've got the lion here by my side i want to show all the girls in town that i'm the only one here today it isn't often i've a great man tied down fast like this why did you spoil the first part of that pretty speech with the last he said with a frown it was only your vanity that made me pause could you read me like that of course all men are vain much vainer than women again there was a long silence they had reached the outskirts of the city now and were driving slowly through the deep shadows of a great forest what beautiful trees he exclaimed they are fine do you love big trees yes they always seem to me to have a soul it used to make me almost cry to watch them fall beneath nelson's axe i'd never have the heart to clear a piece of woods if i owned it i'm so glad to hear you say that papa laughed at me when i said something of the sort when he wanted to cut these woods he left them just to please me they belong to our place they hide the house till you get right up to the gate but i love them again he looked into her eyes and was silent now i come to think of it you're the only girl i've met today who hasn't mentioned my speech that's strange how do you know i'm not saving up something very pretty to say to you later about it tell me now no you've spoilt it by your vanity in asking she said this looking away carelessly then i'll interpret your silence as the highest compliment you can pay me when words fail we are deeply moved vanity of vanity all is vanity saith the preacher she exclaimed lifting her pretty hands they turned through the high arched iron gate across which was written in gold letters oak wood on a gently rising hill on the banks of the catawba river rose a splendid old southern mansion its big greek columns gleaming through the green trees like polished ivory a wide porch ran across the full width of the house behind the big pillars and smaller columns supported the full sweep of the great balcony above the house was built of brick with portland cement finish and the whole painted in two shades of old ivory with moss green roof and dark rich pompeian red brick foundations with its green background of magnolia trees it seemed like a huge block of solid ivory flashing in splendor from its throne on the hill the drive wound down a little dale around a great circle filled with shrubbery and flowers and up to the pillared porte cochere oh what a beautiful home gaston exclaimed with feeling 
it is beautiful isn't it she said with delight i love every brick in its walls every tree and flower and blade of grass i've always dreamed of a home like that those big columns seem to link one to the past and add dignity and meaning to life then you can understand how i love it when i was born here and every nook and corner has its love message for me from the past that i have lived as well as its wider meaning which you see the old south built beautiful homes didn't they and that was one of the finest things about the proud old days he said yes and the new south of which you spoke today will not forget this heritage of the old when it comes to itself and shakes off its long suffering and poverty strange to hear that sort of a speech from a girl who loves society dances divinely and dresses to kill he thought of the words of his foster mother with a pang he hoped she was joking about those things but he had a strong suspicion from the consciousness of power with which she had tried once or twice to tease him that they were going to prove fatally true mother tells me you were in baltimore in that swell girls school on north charles street when i was a student at the university yes and we gave reception after reception to the hopkins men and you never once honored us with your presence but i didn't know you were there miss sally of course not if you had i wouldn't speak to you now they said you were a recluse that you never went into society and didn't speak to a woman for four years how did you hear that bob st clair told me after i came home by way of apology for your bad manners in so shamefully neglecting a young woman from your own state i'll make amends now oh i'm not suffering from loneliness as i did then you know bob put us up to inviting you to deliver the address he said you were the only orator in north carolina bob's the best friend i ever had we entered college together at fifteen and became inseparable friends he helped her from the carriage and she ran lightly up the high stoop now come here and look at the view of the river before papa comes and begins to talk about the tremendous water power in the falls he followed her to the end of the long porch overlooking the river behind the house the hill abruptly plunged downward to the water's edge in a mountainous cliff the river wound around this cliff past the house emerging into a valley where it described a graceful curve almost doubling on itself and rolled softly away amid green overhanging willows and towering sycamores till lost in the distance towards the blue spurs of king's mountain a glorious view said gaston looking long and lovingly at the silver surface of the river do you love water mr gaston passionately i was born among the hills but the first time i saw the ocean sweeping over five miles of sand reefs and raking in white thundering spray at my feet i stood there on a sand dune on our wild coast and gazed entranced for an hour without moving of all the things god ever made on this earth i love the waters of the sea and all moving water suggests it to me that river says i must hurry to the sea it is strange we should have such similar tastes she said seriously but it did not seem strange to him somehow he expected to find her agreeing with every whim and fancy of his nature now we will find mamma she is such an invalid she rarely goes out papa will be home any minute 
we are glad to welcome you mr gaston said her mother in a kindly manner i'm sure you've enjoyed the drive this beautiful day if sally hasn't been trying to tease you the boys say she's very tiresome at times why mamma i'm surprised at you the idea of such a thing there's not a word of truth in it is there mr gaston certainly not miss sally i'll testify mrs worth that your daughter has been simply charming she ran to meet her father at the door there was the sound of a hearty kiss a little whispering and the general stepped briskly into the parlor where she had left her guest pleased to welcome you to our home young man they say downtown that you made the greatest speech ever heard in independence sorry i missed it we'll have you to dinner anyway i knew your brave father in the army and now i come to think of it i saw you once when you were a boy i was struck with your resemblance to your father then as now you showed me the way down to tom camp's house don't you remember certainly general but i didn't flatter myself that you would recall it i never forget a face i hope you've been enjoying yourself more than i can express sir i'll join you by and by said the general taking leave now isn't he a dear old papa she said demurely he certainly knows how to make a timid young man feel at home are you timid hadn't you noticed it well hardly she shook her head and closed her eyes in the most tantalizing way to see the cool insolence of conscious power with which you looked that great crowd in the face when you arose on that platform i shouldn't say i was struck with your timidity i was really trembling from head to foot i wonder how you would look if really cool honestly miss sally i never speak to any crowd without the intensest nervous excitement i may put on a brave front but it's all on the surface i can't believe that she said shaking her head she looked at his serious face a moment and was silent it's queer how we run out of something to say isn't it she asked at length i hadn't thought of it come on up to the observatory and i'll show you lord cornwallis's outlook when he had his headquarters here during the revolution she lifted her soft white skirts and led the way up the winding mahogany stairs into the observatory from which the surrounding country could be seen for miles here lord cornwallis waited in vain for colonel ferguson to join him with his regiment from king's mountain where my great-grandfather was drawing around him his cordon of death with his fierce mountain men interrupted gaston was your great-grandfather in that battle yes it was fought on his land and his two-story log house with the rifle holes cut in the chimney jams still stands then we will shake hands again she cried with enthusiasm for we are both children of the revolution gaston took her beautiful hand in his and held it lingeringly never in all his life had the mere touch of a human hand thrilled him with such strange power how long he held it he could not tell but it was with a sort of hurt surprise he felt her gently withdraw it at last they had reached the parlor again and he slowly fell into an easy chair do you dance miss sally why yes don't you dance never tried it in my life don't you approve of dancing i never had time to think about it it always seemed silly to me it's great fun 
i'd take lessons if you would agree to teach me and i could dance with you all the time and keep all the other fellows away well i must say that's doing fairly well for a timid young man's first day's acquaintance what will you say when you once become fully self-possessed she lifted her high arched eyebrows and looked at him with those blue eyes full of tantalizing fun until he had to look down at the floor to keep from saying more than he dared when he looked up again he changed the subject miss sally i feel like i've known you ever since i was born she blushed and made no reply dinner was announced and gaston was amazed to see alan mcleod enter chattering familiarly with the general he seemed on the most intimate terms with the family and his eyes lingered fondly on sally's face in a way that somehow gaston resented as an impertinence i didn't even know you were acquainted with the honorable alan mcleod miss sally said gaston as they entered the parlor alone yes he was a sort of ward of papa's when he was a boy papa hates his politics but he has always been in and out almost like one of the family since i can remember i think he's a fascinating man don't you i do but i don't like him well he's a great friend of mine you mustn't quarrel gaston went to the hotel with his brain in a whirl wondering just what she meant it was nearly twelve o'clock before he left the general's house how he had passed these eleven hours he could not imagine they seemed like eleven minutes in one way in another he seemed to have lived a lifetime that day by george she's an angel he kept saying over and over to himself as he climbed to his room forgetting the elevator end of book two chapter five